Hello and welcome to the Digitally She Does It show. This is episode nine and in today's episode I'm going to be talking about the myths that may be holding you back from creating an online digital course. So let's jump right in and get started. Welcome to the Digitally She Does It show. I am your host Karen and I'm here to lift the lid on what it actually takes to create a successful business. If you are an ambitious creative ready to build a business on your own terms and without compromise then this podcast is perfect for you. With my award-winning approach to marketing and expert knowledge in creating online courses this show will leave you feeling inspired, energized and ready to bring those big dreams to life. Join me each week for a dose of motivation and marketing know-how, along with actionable step-by-step strategies to help you accelerate your business's growth. So let's dive in, and don't forget to subscribe to all my upcoming episodes, which drop every Wednesday. Hello, and thank you for joining me for today's episode. This is episode nine, and today I'm going to be dispelling the myths that may be holding you back from creating an online digital course. Now, when it comes to creating an online course, it's very common to talk yourself out of getting started due to things that you may be telling yourself. And in this episode, I'm going to dispel some of these so that you can move forward knowing that number one it is common to have these thoughts but also to work towards pushing past them so that they're not holding you back now you may be curious about creating a course for your business but perhaps you feel doubtful that you have what it takes to deliver a course or maybe you feel like what you have to offer is just not enough or that maybe nobody will buy your course. Now these are perfectly normal thoughts to be having so if this is something that you're currently experiencing then please rest assured that this is perfectly normal because you may be doing this for the first time and of course with that does come fear. Now, there's nothing like running a business to expose your vulnerabilities, especially if you are creating products or services for the first time that you're putting out in the world. The fear of rejection is incredibly real and it can also be really crippling. And that idea of, you know, what if I create this and nobody buys it, I'll have failed. But of course, as I said, this is all perfectly natural and it's just the fear of doing something for the first time and feeling like an imposter, feeling like because you're doing it for the first time, that sense of, you know, I can't do this or I don't belong. Imposter syndrome can take over and keep us playing small. And this is something that we need to really be aware of so that we don't let it control us. Now, I speak from first-hand experience. This is something that I know all too well, especially in the early days of running my business. Without a shadow of a doubt, I held myself back because I worried that I was not good enough. I felt as though I was always being surrounded by these really confident and self-assured business owners who just seemed to have everything figured out. And that absolutely was not me. I spent a huge amount of time in my own head worrying 
that I wasn't good enough or that I didn't do something as well as somebody else or my 60-second pitch at a networking wasn't as it should have been and all of this. And what I realize now is that because I was doing something new and because it was completely alien to me, of course I was going to feel like an imposter. Of course I was going to feel that fear because I was attempting to do something new for the very first time. But here's the thing. The more I showed up, the more I talked about what I did and the more conversations I had with other entrepreneurs, the more I realized that this is just part and parcel of being an entrepreneur. It's just part of the journey that we're on. And what I've realized running my business is that we have signed up for a one-way ticket to personal growth. That's the journey that we're on. It's the journey of self-discovery and personal growth. And so that fear, it's always going to be there. As you grow, as you develop, as you evolve, you're always going to be feeling an element of fear because of the unknown. But it is just part and parcel of the journey that we're on. Now, There are businesses out there that operate in a very transactional way, but I guarantee that behind every successful business, that business owner has had to learn some very tough and challenging lessons along the way. And it's most likely been what's got them to where they are. So if you are thinking about creating a digital side to your business, but you are feeling the fear and you are letting it stop you, then my advice would be to step into that fear. Don't resist it. Embrace it because it simply means that you're growing. Fear is there to keep us safe, to alert us to possible dangers and threats that are around us. So in a sense, it's trying to do its job. It's trying to keep us where we're most comfortable. But the problem with that is that it can rob us of progression and it can stop us moving forward if we let it. So firstly, recognize that you are feeling fearful and be okay with it because I promise you it is perfectly normal. Now, when it comes to creating an online course for the first time, there are some common stories that we tell ourselves, but they may not be true. These stories are often born out of experiences that we've had in the past. And so our perspective may be biased to predispose the ideas that may not be serving us. For example, if you were told something as a child that made you feel small and unworthy, it can end up staying with you and then manifest itself through your business. So this could come up when you're attempting something new for the very first time. Perhaps you then start to feel unworthy, unsure, you know, not very confident, almost like you're not entitled to do this. But it's from experiences that maybe you've encountered in the past. Now, one of my closest friends has always had a block around money. Her relationship with money has been quite strained because as a child, she was told that there was never enough money and that money doesn't grow on trees. This is something I'm sure we've all heard, but what it did, it affected her relationship with money because it was embedded in her that there was never any money around. So therefore her relationship with money was affected. So when she started her business, 
what she realized was that she was actually self-sabotaging herself making money because one of her beliefs was that there was never going to be enough money. She was never going to earn the money that she desired. And so she was operating from a, a state of lack as opposed to abundance. So her relationship with money in her adult years has been affected by the stories that were told to her when she was younger. So she has since taken steps to address this because she recognized repeating behaviors that were being displayed and it was preventing her from actually stepping into who she actually is to make the money that she actually desires. And her behavior was not serving her. So she's since taken steps to resolve this and to work on this and her relationship with money. So her behavior with her relationship with money very much was born out of her past and her upbringing and what she was made to believe was true. So we have to be really aware of what we're telling ourselves. Just because we're telling ourselves something doesn't mean it's true. It's often born out of our past experiences or influences that have been around us. Now, when I start working with clients creating an online course for the first time, I carry out a discovery session. And in this discovery session, often what comes up are the things that have stopped them from creating a course in the past. So what I thought I'd do in today's episode is I'd like to share three of the most common beliefs that have been shared with me because you may be having similar thoughts that are preventing you from taking that leap into the world of online courses. So the first belief that I'd like to share is that you are not expert enough. If you are feeling like this, that you are not an expert, let me ask you, at what point do you qualify to be an expert? The Oxford English Dictionary says the definition of being an expert is a person with a special knowledge, skill or training in something. Okay, so it just simply says that an expert is a person with a special knowledge, skill or training in something. What it doesn't say is that you must have this skill, knowledge or training for a particular length of time before you can call yourself an expert. There is no time frame that you have to work through to become an expert. The truth is that you're never going to know everything about your subject matter. You'll only learn more as you keep growing. And what you'll probably find is the more you learn, the more that you will discover of what you don't know. Because it's impossible to know everything about your subject matter. Because things evolve, things keep going, and you're learning all of the time. But there is no real time period for you to become that expert. And the truth is, if you are teaching somebody how to get a result, then you are already an expert because you are the person they're coming to to get that result. So if you are a service provider and you are delivering a service that is providing a result for your client, and your client is paying you money to achieve that result, you are an expert. You are the person that they're going to and asking for help from. 
you are supporting your clients in a way that is delivering them results. Therefore, by definition, you are the expert. You are the person with a special knowledge, skill, or training in something. So if you don't think that you can create an online course because you are not expert enough, I just would like to reassure you that you are expert enough. You do not need to be working for 20, 30, 40, 50 years before you can call yourself an expert. An expert is somebody that achieves a result. And if you achieve a result on behalf of your clients, you, my friend, are an expert. Okay, so the second belief that I'd like to share with you is the belief around time and that perhaps you're feeling as that you don't have enough time to create an online course. Now, here's the thing. We all have the same amount of time in our day, week, month or year, but it's how we choose to spend our time that matters. So it can be really challenging when you're running a business and you're being pulled in every direction. So if you've got a family, if you've got a part-time job, if you've got other commitments, it can be really tricky to find the time to do what you need to do to move your business forward. It can be really difficult to find the time to move your business forward, even if you don't have other commitments, because there's always so much to be done. So how do we mitigate that? How do we navigate through the difficulty of finding the time to do the thing that we want to do to move ourselves forward? So this is where creating a schedule is going to really help you. So when I first started creating my digital products, I was doing it alongside working with clients. And a large proportion of my time was spent working with clients. But I knew that I wanted to create this side bit to my business because I knew that it would really serve my business well. So the way I approached it is that I created a schedule in my calendar that I stuck to. I blocked out time and I made sure during those time periods, I focused in on the things that I wanted to work on to move them forward. If you are a Google Calendar user like me, and if you are looking for a calendar to use, then I really do recommend Google Calendar. But with Google Calendar, you can actually create multiple calendars. And so what I did is I created an overlay calendar where I blocked out my time for the stuff that I wanted to work on. And then I overlaid it on my work calendar. So all that means is I had both calendars on view. They were both visible. So I could see in my overview calendar, I call it a ghost calendar. I blocked out the time that was dedicated to me creating my products. And I found that that worked really well because as long as I showed up and I did the work when I said I was going to do the work, I was able to move it forward. It took time. And it wasn't an overnight success because when you're starting something new, it does take time to get it off the ground. But I stuck to it because I had a schedule. 
So if you are feeling as though you are struggling to find the time, then I would encourage you to really look at your time, look at where you're spending your time and try and create a schedule so that you can build in time to work on the things that are important to you. And if you want to work on an online course, then blocking out an hour a week will help to get you started. Small, consistent steps on a regular basis are far more effective than large periods of time on an ad hoc basis. So what can you do to find time? Can you put an hour a week aside? Can you block out an hour on a Friday morning or an hour on a Monday afternoon? What can you do to give yourself the gift of time to focus in on developing your business? Because here's the thing, by doing this, you are working on the future and the longevity of your business. Okay, that's one of the key things to remember. The things that you're creating for your business today will be the revenue that you bring in in the future. So it is well worth mapping out the time and dedicating some time to getting the work done. And being consistent and showing up and doing the work on a regular basis will move that needle forward. Okay, so the third and final belief that I'm going to share with you is the idea of not having the skills or being fearful of tech. Tech is a big one because a lot of my clients really do have a fear of using tech because they feel like in order to create an online course, there's huge amounts of tech involved and they couldn't possibly master it. And I get it because it can be overwhelming, especially when you're starting something for the first time. When I first started this podcast and I started the idea of this podcast, it was incredibly overwhelming. And one of the things that I know I struggled with was the idea of tech. How do I even get my podcast recorded? How do I get it edited? How do I get it up live? And what hosting platforms do I use? And then there's other terminology and technology that, you know, seem to come into the picture. And it was incredibly overwhelming. And because of that, I ended up procrastinating because of my fear towards what I didn't know. So if you are feeling that fear towards the tech, I get you, I understand you. But please be assured that actually there's not a huge amount of tech involved. You can make this as simple as you want. If you want to have all the bells and whistles, then you can do that. But it's just going to overcomplicate and overwhelm the process. So my advice would be to start small and to build up from there. So when it comes to the tech, there are some tech involved. And I'm just going to go through and break it down for you. So first and foremost, if you have a website, your website is probably created by a third-party platform. So for example, you may be using a platform like WordPress, which your website will be built on. Okay, this is a third-party tool that you're using. So like a website, your course also sits on a hosting provider, which they look after. So like WordPress hosts your website, 
you will have a course provider that hosts your course. So this is simply where your course is put and where it lives and it will be looked after by your course provider. Now, the great thing about course platforms is that depending on what provider you go with, they can offer you templates to make creating your course so much easier. So whilst you can create and build your course through your website, there are third-party course platforms that have been designed to make it really easy when it comes to building your course. Now, course platforms, there's so many out there. There are hundreds and whatnot. But If you are thinking about looking into course providers, then look at Thinkific, Podia, Teachable and Kartra to name a few. They are probably the most popular platforms that many course providers use. Now, I use a platform called Kunjabi, which I really enjoy using. Now, Kunjabi is very easy to use. It has multiple different templates and features that help to enhance my students' experience as they work through my products. And I really appreciate this because I feel like when you're creating a course, what you are actually doing is creating an experience. And by making your online course as simple as easy as possible with a really well thought out user journey, it's going to enhance your students' experience. So if you're looking at online course platforms, I would really encourage you to look at the ones that are going to support you in the way that you want them to support you. So take the time and look at each platform and get familiar with the features and the benefits that they offer. Because whilst there are hundreds on the market, they all have their own things that they provide that may help you. So other tech that you may use for your online course may be a cloud-based storage system like Dropbox or G Suite. So you may be using this already to store your files online. So if you currently work with a VA or a designer or a web designer, you may be collaborating on files and using a cloud-based storage system is going to make that seamless. So I would highly recommend that if you're not using something like that to at least consider it because it will make your life easier as you grow. Another piece of software that you may want to use is a graphic software like Canva. And this is great for creating resources, presentation slides, and it also helps to create thumbnails and course assets that help to style up the platform. You can also use Zoom to record any videos that you create. And then if you want to do a bit of editing, there are tools like iMovie and Filmora that are really easy to use to edit your videos. Now, the only other tool I would add to that list would be Trello. And Trello is fantastic for outlining your course framework. But of course, you don't have to do that. You can still use the good old fashioned pen and paper if you prefer. But Trello is a great alternative if you want to create it online. And there you have it. They are, I would probably say, the five key tools that I would recommend you using. And all of them are really simple and easy to use. And 
outside of the course platform, you're most likely using some of these already. So stick with what you know, get comfortable with using these tools and then grow from there. Now, if you feel like tech is your nemesis and you don't feel like you have the skills needed, then please do think again, because I assure you that you do. You can use these tools at the free version to do what you need to do to create your online course. And by using these tools, you'll be able to kind of keep it simple and very streamlined. Now, these are the three myths that I've shared with you that may be holding you back from getting started with your online course, but they don't need to because they are just that. They are just stories that you may be telling yourself that are not true. So if you are feeling as though you're not expert enough, or you feel as though you have limited time and will struggle to create your course, or perhaps you feel as though you don't possess the skills and the tech know-how, then please don't let these thoughts or beliefs hold you back because you are an expert. If you're delivering a result for a client, you are the expert. If you don't feel you have enough time, then by simply putting together a schedule and mapping out some time, an hour a week, 30 minutes a week, whatever that looks like for you, that on a consistent basis will move you forward. And if you don't feel you possess the skills and the tech know-how, there are so many resources online that will support you. So don't let these beliefs hold you back from creating something that will take your business to the next level. Pushing through these fears will not only help you to create your course, but most importantly, it will help you to grow and move towards the goal of financial independence that you desire. Your business is the vehicle that you can use to get the life that you desire. So put the time in to create what you need to create to move your business forward. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I hope you found this episode of value. And of course, please do feel free to share it with others who you may think will also benefit from listening to today's episode. If you are feeling inspired and would like to know more about getting started with creating an online course, then why not download my free ebook, 10 Steps to Digital Course Success by visiting my website, www.karen-davies.com. I will be back next week with another episode, but until then, have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digitally She Does It show. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned in today's episode. New episodes drop every week on a Wednesday, so why not rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode? Thank you for tuning in today, and I will see you next time.